What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the Game Informer Show, a weekly video game podcast covering the video game industry. Join us every Thursday for a discussion about the latest gaming news, reviews, and exclusive reveals alongside Game Informer staff and special guests from around the industry. I'm one of your hosts today, Alex Van Aken, and today I'm joined by Kyle Hilliard. How you doing, Kyle? Hey, happy Final Fantasy VII Rebirth Reviews Week. Yes, happy day indeed. Uh, can't wait to, to celebrate by uh, really using all of my hair products, getting it all, you know, <laughs> spiked up. That's how we're going to be observing the holiday. Yeah, refreshing household. Open Critic, refreshing Metacritic, looking at all yeah. the other sites' reviews. We all know those days. Uh, we are also joined by Marcus Stewart. How you doing, Marcus? I'm doing well. I'm. Uh, it's been a while. Forgot what it was like to. Yeah. Do yeah. Yeah. You haven't even. You also haven't been speaking in general. You took a no. vow of silence for the last two weeks. <laughs> yes, as I'm known to do at this time of year. You know. Yes. Some people do dry January. Others do. You know. Shut the hell up, February. February. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's like... uh, welcome, sir. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm excited to talk about uh, a bunch of games with you guys. Yeah, we've got a whole, we've got a list. Uh, we'll go through that that rundown in a second so you know what you can look forward to. We're also joined by Brian Shea. Hello, Brian. Hello. I never shut the hell up, so happy <laughs> to be here. <laughs> uh, and then rounding the show out today is the news hound himself, Wesley LeBlanc. How you doing, Wes? I'm doing great. I'm out of my Final Fantasy VII Rebirth hole. I've re-entered society. I'm writing news again. It's a. It's great to be back. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So have we, you we, seen we, your shadow? What is, <laughs> does that mean the game's good when you came out of your hole or what? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't judge a game uh, yeah. based on what comes out of my hole. Or based on oh, what I come wow. out of my hole. <laughs> I oh could tell you God. were thinking about. I could tell you were like, "Am I gonna say this?" <laughs> we're off to the races. Uh, we are off to the races. We are going to be covering a lot of games today. Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, uh, as Wes mentioned, Princess Peach Showtime, uh, Balatro, uh, Gigantic Rampage Edition, uh, and also maybe talking about the Shadow of the Erd Tree trailer and some Nintendo Direct highlights. So it's a busy week. We've got an awesome panel here. Uh, to talk about all of that stuff, uh, guys, let's let's get started. Uh, Wes, we're gonna pass the baton to you. Uh, it's it's Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, as Kyle mentioned. It's it's review day. It's all dropping. Tell us what you thought. Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. After eighty hours of that game oh. over the past couple of weeks, I'm happy to report that Final Fantasy VII Rebirth is good. It's great. Even he saw his so shadow. Yes, my shadow. The shadow came out of my hole. It's a good day to be a Final Fantasy VII fan. You got you got a number to give to that great. Are you are you ready for that? Because at at the time of recording, it hasn't published. Yeah, it's still going through edits. Still right? in the uh, edits phase, but the number I attached to it at first is an eight point five. Okay. All right. Which you know we go through. <laughs> We're edits all like, and, all right, okay. Yeah. Our voices are all pitching up higher. <laughs> Pretty cool. We go through edits and like maybe people think, hey, it doesn't read like an 8.5. But my initial draft, I think, is an 8.5. And that's kind of the score that I feel this game gets from me, which is to say it's not the 10 I would probably give Remake. I think Remake is a better game. 
a much better game in a lot of ways. It's one of my favorite games of all time. One of my easily top three on PS4. Um, Rebirth stumbles a bit in places uh, Remake does not. And that is because Rebirth does something that its predecessor also did not, which is open the planet wide for exploration. Uh, There are various open world, open areas to explore. And with those come an unfortunately sometimes tedious, sometimes fun checklist of things to do. Uh, This game is not reinventing the open world formula in any way. It's uh, in some ways very reminiscent of the formula that we have lovingly, not so lovingly dubbed like Ubisoft's open world formula. Um, I don't think it uh, is as bad as some of Ubisoft's open world games, which kind of get frustrating for me. But it is very repetitive. Once you go to an open area, you will see, okay, here's the things you can do. These are the different types of quests, different types of objectives, the hunts, the towers, the scavenger hunts, this and that. And then when you go to the next open area, you will see the same things. And then when you go to the next open area, you will see the same things. And while they are fun at first, after my 80 hours with the game, they do start to get a little monotonous. And there are some areas that are way better designed than others where some tedium, tedious, tediousness, I don't know. They get tedious to explore. So now I've got these open world things that I'm doing in every area and I'm enjoying, but now they're tedious to get to and tedious to explore on the back of a chocobo. Oh, man. And I, I start to I, feel I, I start to feel the frustrations of the open world formula. And I think that's my biggest issue. I think we're all I mean, I maybe I'm just speaking for myself, but I'm absolutely spoiled by Breath of the Wild, Tears of the Kingdom, like point walking, right? Like you can just climb any mountain and every open world game that has like oh actually you have to kind of take this obscure path to sort of get around it to get up there i just it's a little frustrating and it's like it's it's not it's it's fine right it's like that is how walking around works in real life (laughs) but it's just i can't sometimes i just like get like oh i just can i just like climb this wall here this would make my life so much easier uh you kind of i've I've That's, run into that a little bit with Rebirth. I yeah. feel that very much. Like playing this, and I like the open world. I like standard open world design. Like it's fun to have a checklist and knock things off. But we are in a world where, like, for all its faults, like the open world formula stayed largely the same for like the entire PS4 generation, maybe even before that. And then all of a sudden, games like Breath of the Wild and I would say Elden Ring infused like brand new life into the open world formula. I was very fatigued with it. And then those games came along and showed like, no, you can revolutionize the open world and make it completely different. Um, And I guess I I would have wanted Rebirth to do that. I didn't necessarily expect it to, but it is just more of a traditional open world, Um, which is to say there's still fun to be had and I still enjoyed it quite a lot, but there are all the issues that come with a standard open world baked into this. However, the reason I would give it an, like the reason it gets an 8.5 is I think what's holding it's ba- holding it back is the open world because within Rebirth, and I have this in my review, like Remake exists in Rebirth, which is to say a mostly linear narrative focused adventure with excellent combat still lives in Rebirth. And if you mainline this game, which I don't think you could because you'd need to go grind some open world stuff to stay at the correct level. But if you mainlined it, this game is as great as, as Remake for me. Um, I loved the main story quests, there are a few that are, there are a few chapters that are needlessly overstuffed and they have some excruciating pacing at some times. 
kind of like remake does. But like, man, when you're in the story content and when you're fighting classic bosses from OG seven and new bosses for this game, it's just, it's a thrill like none other. It's the reason why I love this remake project so far. Oh, and, and Wes, real quick, you're coming at it from a perspective. Like you played the original and love the original. Yes. Right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Cause I, I would actually like to ask like, because of that, does it feel like it stretches the story out in a way like remake a lot of time felt like, okay, we're really stretching this out because that Midgar section is such a small part of the original game. But with this covering more ground, does it still feel like a, oh, are we still, are we still doing this? Like kind of padding because we can't get to the gold saucer yet or anything like that? Or there are a couple of chapters before you answer Wes, before you answer, don't you dare spoil a single thing about this game. So oh, no, 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 no. I literally okay. can't. I have, I, I don't know. If that is what see, I but... asked you was to spoil the game. Yeah. <laughs> I was ordered that, by Square Enix disclaimer. to open my window so they can get a target on my head. Like, if I spoil yeah. something, boom, yeah. this is going to yeah. be a... Shinra soldier show up. And... <laughs> yeah. I thought that was your wife playing with the dog with the laser pointer, but... No, that's Square that's, Enix, yeah. The scopes are on you. Okay. That, that's more a disclaimer for listeners, because I know people are understandably very sensitive about it, and I just want to, like, remind them, Wes isn't going to spoil anything and i wouldn't yeah. worry about that um i would say unless he wants to yeah, yeah. if he wants to <laughs> yeah and the like, ending you know, <laughs> they, they take him out <laughs> they take him out live on the podcast that would actually probably be pretty good for our, our viewership it's a sacrifice yeah. i'm willing to make yeah Let's do it. <laughs> <We'd>, <laughs> here we go <laughs> i don't think we'd publish that episode to be clear. <laughs> i think i think we'd destroy the footage final uh, fantasy 7 rebirth review wesley the blonde assassination Galactro. <laughs> a good headline (laughs) anyway to answer your question marcus they definitely stretch things out and there are a few just a few chapters where i was like why are we doing this there's one in remake i can't remember what but you're in the slums and you're helping the kids with boxes and all that stuff it is a terrible chapter and it is so it's just a bunch of boring quests there's one chapter in here and it might even be the same numbered chapters remake coincidentally where i was like why is this happening? Why am I doing this? Where I'm just doing, I just did some exciting stuff. I have exciting stuff coming up. And then they were like, how about you just do some not fun stuff for two to three hours and you enjoy that. And I'm like, I don't enjoy that. There's a few moments like that. I'll ask you offline so we don't spoil it, but I'm interested to hear which part you're talking about. You have already done it. I know know where you're at. You've already done it, Brian. Um, So yeah, I'm I'm interested to hear what, what you're describing. Yeah. yeah, I'd like to know the chapter number so that when we get to the third game and we get to that point, we know this is the not fun part. <laughs> so, uh, that's that's the years in the writing. They spell out 666. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> so I feel like every Final Fantasy game these days has that one chapter that everybody just dreads. Like, remember, like, Final Fantasy 15 had it. They eventually fixed it in post, but like... You know, I, I, does 16 have it? I didn't make it yeah, super... Yeah, uh, helping mid with the ship stuff yeah yeah pretty much (laughs) time honored tradition anything that's like not main story in 16 (laughs) maybe is that yeah um but like i i unlike remake you know they aren't like you mentioned marcus remake is turning a four to seven hour section of the original final fantasy into like a 50 60 hour adventure this is taking the meat and potatoes of seven and turning it into a took me 80 hours. I did a lot of side content, but I know some people have beaten it less around 50 to 60 hours. And it feels a lot better in that regard. Like you're doing a lot every chapter and the story content really flows nicely. There's just a few sections where I'm like, it's just bogged down with boring fetch quests and stuff that's not in the original game. And it just feels like 
they wanted to add like an extra couple hours to the runtime. I don't know. Like I was, I was, I did, I it was really, it was an excruciating halt. And I write that in my review. Um, but for the most part, I think it does a really good job of expanding on the original story and telling the original story, um, this part of the game. Right. So you're you're guys, happy with the story, even if you can't tell I'm, us why. Yeah, I'm right? I'm very, very happy with the story. I think oh, good. That's, this that's was, cool to hear. This was probably the hardest and most important part of the original Final Fantasy VII in terms of like the story content, because there's a lot of ground to cover. And I'm really happy with uh, how they did it and how well they explained things and mysteries and secrets and new additions. Like, I think they did a really, really, really good job in terms of the story. If I was reviewing this based on just a main line through the main story, I'd, it'd, it'd get a much higher score. Um, it really is that open world stuff that is pulling down the overall experience. But I mean, it's 8.5 is still really great. Like I, I know people are probably going to uh, the same. I, I put, I gave final fantasy 16, 8.5 and a lot of people gave it nines and tens. And I heard a lot of whatever on Twitter. And I'm sure people are going to be like, I can't believe you gave this gave an 8.5, but like, guys, that's a really good score. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. All right. I kind of, I think you had a, question that you were gonna ask i don't know i feel like i think you might have addressed it um it was i guess it was because i know we were a little bit negative with some of the other new stuff but it sounds like like my question was going to be like the new stuff that they added to expand the story like that stuff is cool like are you happy with the changes that they made to the story in general yeah i am happy with new stuff and old stuff yeah i'm i'm overall like i don't even think i have any qualms or issues with story stuff. Like I'm genuinely, I loved what they did. I loved how it all plays out. Um, my issues, other than the the pacing in some of the story stuff, which the bad pacing comes from, you know, the boring fetch quests and that kind of stuff I mentioned, and the open world. Like, yeah, I'm I'm thrilled with this game. Uh, also, sorry for the <laughs> pause. I we were kind of doing a cadence of like someone asking me a question, so I was like, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but I have Wait, like, yeah, I have I mean, plenty I, I, more I, to say. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, we are all we're all playing it. I th- I'm like 20 hours in. I'm on chapter four, and I and I've been enjoying it. But I mean, kind of alongside with you, Wes, the big thing that I've, I guess you could call it a stumbling block that I've hit is like, oh, you at least the way I've discovered. Maybe I'm doing it wrong. Maybe I'm bad at the combat. But I have kind of found it's like, oh, I sort of have to do all this open world stuff. Like I truly was like saying no to optional tutorials and like moving forward to like the mainline quests and stuff like that. But I hit a major wall pretty early on of like a boss that I couldn't beat. And I was like, Oh, I, I guess I kind of have to go do all this stuff that I, I admittedly wasn't super interested in doing. Yeah. I and ran that, into that the early hunt. That was pretty tough. Uh, like one of the optional hunts. And I was like, yeah. Oh, I'm getting this thing's like beating the crap out of me in a way I was not expecting this early. And then I had to go, I had to go hang out with Chadley and get like a bunch of tutorials. It's like, ah, freaking Chadley's got a a sister (laughs) now. What are we calling the my My. sister? Okay. Yeah, you definitely. Uh, But it was nice. I mean, it it was, I kind of had to because it's like they do expect you to have a little bit of your, your basics already down when you start. I mean, they give you a little tutorial, but I mean, I would, as like an early tip for you if you're jumping into rebirth. Go spend some time with Chadley. Do all those like tutorials <laughs> and stuff. You get rewards for doing them. You get experience and stuff. But like, I found that helped me a lot to just get like a to help me uh, sort of reacclimate. So I think aside from Wes, I am the furthest in the game. I've put about fifty hours into it, and I'm pretty deep into the story. And 
I actually think I like this better than Remake. And I liked Remake quite a bit. Like, it was, it's probably in my top three to five in Final Fantasy. And I think I like Rebirth more than that. And I will say, like, like kind of full disclosure, I am a big sucker for, like, open worlds. Like, I love the Assassin's Creed series. Like, you know, I, Assassin's Creed Odyssey was, like, the ultimate checklist open world game. And that's my favorite entry in the series. <clears throat> Same thing for stuff like Arkham Knight. Uh, Arkham City stuff like that where it's like you're just kind of going around completing these tasks and just exploring different parts of the world or city or whatever setting it's in and even though Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom are among my favorite games of all time I do really like a structured open world where it's like hey go here and do this and then go here and do this and while I agree that there are a lot of things that are just kind of uh on repeat, like, okay, well, I know that when I go to this new region, I'm going to have this, like, I have to find the life sp- or the, the the life stream springs and I have to uh, find the the sanctuaries for the summons and everything and, uh, you know, the, the optional hunts and the expeditions. Pull up my phone that looks like a gun <laughs> to call yeah. Chadley. I you mean, have to aim a... in the distance to call Chadley. <laughs> Yeah, went from a gun blade to a gun phone. So like, even though like there is some very obvious repetition in there, I still enjoy going from like task to task in each region. And I've been doing that in most regions prior to doing like the story stuff. Like there's been a couple of times where I'm just like, okay, I'm, I'm ready to move on from this region, especially the ones that, as you mentioned, Wes are not as well designed as others. There are some that like just don't feel great to explore in. And there's been like times where it's like, how do I get up to that? Or how do I go over there? And it's like, I'll try a few things and that doesn't work. And I'm like, all right, I'm just going to move on. And I'll come back eventually. But like, yeah, I mean, I think I'm overall, I'm having a blast with it. It's easily my favorite game of the year so far. I have not put more than, I think I put about 20 hours into Like a Dragon so far, or about 10 to 15, I don't know, somewhere in there. I've finished Persona 3 Reload. Uh, Final Fantasy VII Rebirth is easily my favorite game of 2024 so far. And, you know, it's a very early part of the year. But I'm having a really great time with it. It's it's kind of everything I've hoped for so far. And it's it's really good to hear that the story doesn't kind of fall off a cliff as we get to the really important scenes that happen near the tail end of Rebirth's story. So uh, that's really reassuring for me. I, I am definitely feeling a little bit of like the the tedium that you're talking about, though. I, I will fully agree with you there that like, you know, I've I've done this in like so many different regions at this point that I kind of know the song and dance and I'm less stringent about making sure I do every single thing in a region before I move on. So I definitely understand where you're coming from there, you know, especially since you have 30 more hours in it than I do. So that is, uh, that, that that's something that I, I'm definitely not like, oh, you're wrong for that. But I, I, for my taste, I'm enjoying it more than Remake. Nice. It's funny reviewing games because like you put a score on it and you have to like really think through all your thoughts where I didn't review Remake and I know Remake has problems. But when I look back on it four years ago, I'm like, oh, this is like one of my all-time favorite games because my brain kind of just forgets that chapter that's really boring. And I remember the awesome conclusion to that game and just the first, the wow moment of like, oh, they actually did it like this rules and then the whispers and all that stuff. So like Rebirth is probably my favorite game I've played this year still, even though I've already reviewed a game, a much higher score this year. 
but yeah, like when you're, you know, when you're reviewing it, it's, it's interesting because you have, you, you're, you go through all the thoughts. You don't, when you're not reviewing it, I can just be like, yeah, story ruled. This game's awesome. Kicks ass. I loved it. But I'm like having to really process, okay, like here's my issues with it. Here's what I liked about it. So it's like always a fun and hard job, especially with the series I love so much. Like Final Fantasy is my favorite game series out there. Um, but I think I'm a, a probably one of its harshest critics because I love it so much. Uh, so this was like, this is probably the hardest review I've written, just having to like really dive into what worked and what didn't work for me. And I knew it would be because the open world stuff is uh, not questionable, but it's risky. Like open worlds more often than not can get tedious and can get boring. And so to to add that to a game series that I don't necessarily think needed an open world uh, to this scale, uh, yeah, it was fun to to look at that in a in a reviewer's light. Yeah, the review process is always, especially for a, a game and a series that you really like, because you have to pull back and kind of look at it like the parts that work, the parts that don't, and kind of balance yeah. that against like your own preferences. So it's always a, a kind of a difficult dance to pull off. So I'm glad you were able to get through it, though, because it is definitely <laughs> uh, these giant RPGs are monsters. Like, yeah. uh, you know, b- between you, me, and Blake, I think we've all put about anywhere between 80 to 100 hours into a giant RPG because of Like a Dragon, Persona, and Final Fantasy VII Rebirth for review. And those are both marathons and sprints at the same time. It's like a sprinted marathon. <laughs> so yeah, There's always I, a moment uh, where you're, like, you. you're doing it and I'm, I'm at a good pace and I'm like, okay, I'm doing well. And then the embargo is like getting closer and closer and you're like, okay, my pace is still pretty good. But the embargo's coming up. And then, like, it's always those final... I can never get the timing right. It's always those final few days where I'm like, okay, I really got to do it. And somehow, I always underestimate the endings. And it's like, oh, I'll beat this in five hours. Nope, I'm going to beat this in 20 hours. And I'm going to have to really power through. I got to... I don't know. I guess I just need to pace my time out better. I had a moment of panic when, speaking of, like, reviewing big games, when I was out in Los Angeles for the final Final Fantasy VII Rebirth event, I, you know, I ran into some, uh, a fellow game critic in the hotel lobby and I had mentioned like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm taking time away from Persona 3 Reload to some reviewing that to be out here. And he was like, oh yeah, I'm reviewing it too. And I was, and I was about 25 hours deep at that point. And he was like, oh my God, I'm so far behind. I'm only 45 hours into this game. And I'm just like, oh no. (laughs) You're like, yeah, me too. (laughs) At Summer Game Fest last year, I went and I was also reviewing Final Fantasy 16. And the voice of Clive Ben Starr recognized me from from Twitter because we're mutuals and and he had uh, been excited about our cover stuff. And he was like, where are you at? And I was like, I just did the Titan fight. I, I feel like I'm getting close to the end. He was like, oh, no, that's like halfway. And I was like, oh, God. So like when I had to go, I was like, okay, when I get home, it's it's serious. It's time to like really wow. play this game. Give that's it so a reality check from Clive. Yeah, from himself. Clive himself and the, and the voice of Clive. But yeah, like, I don't know. Rebirth rules. I think people are going to, I don't think anyone who likes remake in Final Fantasy VII is going to come away disappointed I think your mileage will vary based on your feelings on open world design. And that's really what it's going to come down to. If you struggle with open worlds because they just require a lot and take a lot of time, then this game will probably be a little tougher for you. Whereas if you, like Brian mentioned, like you really dig like a checklist and and kind of just working through it, uh, which I do to an extent, I think it will, it will work for you. Um, 
But like, I'm so excited for people to beat this game and for everyone to be talking about it. It's going to be very fun to analyze and dissect and uh, I guess theory speak to or whatever. It's a cool it's a cool game. Maybe we'll have to do a uh, special edition of the Game Informer show in the coming weeks of a spoiled. Yes, uh, I would love nothing more. God, can I shout out real quick to one of the best things of the game so far for me? Queen's Blood. Yes. The card game <laughs> that you can play. I think it's so Queen's good. Blood. Yes, it, it's it's is like I was like, is this the best card game they've ever made for a Final Fantasy game? Because I have challenged every single person I've yeah. seen in that. That is the first like thing a, I do every time I go to like a new town. I'm like, are there any Queen's Blood players? <laughs> it's I don't know what it is. It's such a fun. And some of the dumbest characters are like the Queen's Blood players. Like you meet the biggest weirdos. I'm like, oh, here's a lady that surrounds herself with boxes for some reason because she's like really into being fortified. And then you walk through her boxes and that's how you challenge her because she gets so <laughs> mad that she did that. Or like there's one guy who just cries all the time. And I think his name was like Crying Steve or something like that. <laughs> and you talk to him. He's just like, I, don't know, I just want to play card <laughs> games. And it's just like, I just love all of these weird, like almost like. Like, it's basically Yu-Gi-Oh! Of, like, having everyone's obsessed with this card game and they're all weird personalities. And even just the touch of, like, for some reason, every time you sit down, there's, like, a sword holder in yeah. Cloud's chair. And you're like, who else uses this besides him? Like, was this made for him? It's it's ridiculous. And I love it's, it. I want it to become is, the best Queen's... <laughs> I had a line in my review, but I took it out just because it was quite wordy. But Queen's Blood is my favorite in-game game within a game whatever you want to call it like i i'm like you i play it and when i see queen's blood pop up on the map i go and do it it's not only like a great card game but it also has probably one of the most intriguing storylines of the mm-hmm. side stuff like there is a uh, a Yu-Gi-Oh-esque storyline that plays out in queen's what? blood as you progress yeah. uh because there's like there's like boss people to fight uh and um it's really interesting i haven't quite beat it yet i'm almost done with that storyline, but it is uh, really, really cool. Marcus, you God loving Yu-Gi-Oh, you will love it a yeah. good bit. Man, I, I've already put like 15 hours and I'm only on chapter three because I've been running around and doing Queen's Blood. Yeah, I was, don't say that. I was not <laughs> expecting it either, the storyline. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm very much intrigued by what's going on there. Yeah, that it's, okay. it kind of speaks to like, there's a lot of, I mean, Final Fantasy VII is a really weird game and like the original is just weird and wacky and zany. And they really definitely nail that tone in the side stuff, uh, especially once you do side quests or things like Queen's Blood, which has its own little storyline playing out. There's like some weird and funny stuff that happens in the game side content. There's also some of the like repetitive stuff like, oh, another combat hunt or a treasure cache location where you got to search for a couple treasures. But yeah, I would encourage people to do side quests that sound interesting to them because uh they have some really great moments. And they also build up your repertoire with your party members because there's now like special relationship meters uh, to indicate how close Cloud is to them. Not the most in-depth system, but uh, very, very cool nonetheless. Awesome. Speaking of card games that we can't seem to put down, uh, I've been playing a game called Balatro. Has anybody heard of this video game here? Yes. I'm... been playing it i'm reviewing it for us because i'm oh okay so much. i didn't know that <laughs> yeah and i yeah. started it 
Okay. <laughs> That's where we're at. So <laughs> I've downloaded it, but I've not started it because I've been playing. We're Final on Fantasy. the Perfect. spectrum here. We got Marcus at the top, yeah. then Alex and me, then Brian. Wait, what was Wesley's experience with us? Has he even heard of it? I have heard of it. I've oh. seen tweets, but I have not. I was hoping we had like the full gamut of like somebody who's reviewing it, somebody who's downloaded it but hasn't played it, somebody who's never. Well, I guess you need someone that's never played it because that's like the end. So we're there. Balatro is a poker-inspired roguelite, um, wherein the main mechanics, the main gameplay loop, you are playing against blinds, and so each each kind of level is comprised of three blinds. And blinds are like uh, like individual rounds, essentially. And so there's a small round, a, a large round blind, and then a boss blind. And you are trying to play poker uh, to to get to reach the to meet the score that the blind is set at. So, for instance, uh, a small blind in level one might be worth. You might have to to beat it. You might have to get three hundred chips. Um, and each card, like if you play a 10 on, on the table, that is worth 10 chips and you have to manage your, your hand, uh, to, you know, you can discard cards, you can hold on to things till a later, a later hand. You're trying to play out like those classic poker, um, hands. So like, you know, Royal flush, flush, straights, pairs, uh, you know, three of a kind, four of a kind. And all of these have um, uh, modifiers attached to them uh, to to increase your, your points, right? The amount of chips that you're that you're getting by playing these cards and where where it becomes interesting, because I, I don't I don't like I mean, I don't have anything against poker. I don't play poker. I will say this game does a good job of teaching you the fundamentals. Alex, you actually seem like a poker player to me. I would have guessed that you were a poker player. Well, now I'm thinking maybe I am <laughs> uh, after playing this. Um, and th- where it kind of like puts it on its head is uh, so Balatro. That's like that's like an old like Roman joker, right? Like that's an old. Oh, is that what that je- means? That's, a, that's what they used to call like jesters and stuff. Um and a lot of the a lot of the interesting strategies in this game are tied to uh the joker cards in the game we're talking like batman or persona oh definitely persona (laughs) definitely persona um because there's some weird stuff happening i guess batman is weird too um (laughs) but each you can have up to five jokers um on the table and Unlike your card hands, which shuffle every round, right? There, you n- you never know what you're gonna get. It's it's poker, right? The jokers remain on the deck throughout your entire run, uh, and you can, as you are playing this this game, as you're playing poker, you are earning money, and in between, uh, you know, blinds in between the rounds, uh, you have like a checkpoint at the shop. Uh, where you can buy new cards um and and a lot of the like i was talking about the jokers particularly they all have interesting powers um that affect the game so one joker might be uh gain extra chips for every odd numbered card that you play in your hand Uh, another joker might be um all cards are now considered face cards 
And then you might get another that says, gain a two times multiplier with every face card you play. And so you can start to see the synergies that start to happen here. One really interesting one that I got that I held for a while was like, hey, if you don't play this type of card, like if you keep face cards in your hand, you'll get more money. So it's almost this version of like, oh, I I could play this, but maybe I don't because the longer I keep it in my hand, the score multiplier goes up every turn. So it's this weird strategy of like, like you have to have some restraint a bit yeah uh i've i've heard a lot of people talk about this game i mean what is it that's so like why is it grabbing you is it grabbing you guys like what is it that's like interesting about it other than like mechanically like is it does it have a story i i've really played like five minutes i played like a little bit of the tutorial i mean for so i don't know how to play poker and i don't care about that's where i am at all and i actually i get annoyed when video games try to teach me poker when I don't want to learn it, like they kind of <laughs> surprise. Like I remember there was a mission in the first Red Dead where it was like, "Oh, you need to play a poker game to to win." And I was like, "I I didn't notice it was a thing, and I got to learn this game on the spot." I just I'm not in the mindset to learn how this thing works. My poker knowledge is basically from TV and movies, like watching James Bond and like, "Oh yeah, I've heard real flush is good." I don't know what that actually means. And like Alex said, like this game does a good job because you're not playing poker against someone else. Yeah, you're not you know? like oh, you're okay. not calling or doubling down or anything yeah. like that. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> it's like like, yeah. like I don't even know what any of that stuff means, like blinds and stuff. I don't know what that means in the traditional sense. And that's kind of what's been fun for me because they they do a good job of like they have like a a reference that you like a button that you can click anytime you want that gives you breakdowns of like here's what every like hand means like this is what a straight is this is what a a royal flesh is this is what pairs mean and that has been invaluable where like i have like internalized that now in a way that i never have at any other time i've tried to even attempt to play poker uh and i think because you're not playing against other people you're literally just trying to earn enough chips to go to the next round like you're not no one else is throwing hands to be like oh actually i beat you it's literally like try to get to the to the number of chips to progress so just play the the best combination of hands of what you have and combining them with these weird power-up cards which get, get really wacky because there's like tarot cards that you can enhance your cards with you can turn your cards into metal which makes them score more there's like all these weird like i've only scratched the surface of like the different cards you can collect because once you um buy them for the first time you add them to your collection so you like so you'll find cards that are like, oh, I haven't discovered this one yet. So sometimes I'll just buy something because I haven't discovered it just to add it to like my database. Um, and it's just, it's one, it's really quick. Like it does, it's like really quick rounds to get through. Like there are times where I've won a round with one hand because it just, you know, like at a draw, it's like, oh, like I played this amazing hand and it immediately earned me like double the score than I needed. Um, it's like really snappy. It's the the goofiness of it. Uh, of like just the weirdness combined with like I guess the base strategy behind poker blends really well, and it, I don't. It's one of those things where I like I didn't think I would be into it. And I just tried it because I was in like you know hearing the buzz. But as I got more and more to it, maybe because I'm also just a fan of roguelikes, I was like, oh, oh, like I just found I the time started to melt away in a way I wasn't expecting. Oh, right, right, yeah. and it's just really fun just to, and maybe this is what's fun about real poker. I don't know. But it's just fun to try to find the best possible combination of cards in your hand while also trying to plan 
as best as you can for like, I don't know what I'm going to draw next, but maybe if I hold on to these cards, I'll have the right lineup to do like a three of a kind or a straight, or I could just play it now. And like the risk reward there is like really satisfying, but also it just doesn't have the, Hey, I don't have to lose money, like real life money stakes, yeah. which is nice. I guess. Yeah. I, I downloaded this game uh, yesterday morning or maybe the night before. And I've got five hours in it already. Like it's, oh, uh, yeah. And, and you asked like, what is the per like, is there a story? There isn't a story as far as I'm, as far as I'm aware. Doesn't seem okay. like it, but it, it's, it's a puzzle it's, game. It's the thing where like, basically. Yeah. 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 It's like, it's yeah. a very gameplay focused roguelite. Okay. Where, yeah, where you are getting, it's hard. Like you, you, when you lose, you know, it's almost like vampire survivors. You lose. You're like, Oh, I know I want to do. Oh, I should, oh yeah. Cause you got this idea. I want to do this. Let's do a new run. Yeah, because you got to beat five rounds to complete a run. Eight. And each, or eight, is it eight? Mine yeah. says one out of five when I'm playing. Oh, really? I don't know That's if it weird. changes. I mean, or unless I'm misinterpreting what it means, but it, when I start, I see like one out of five. And then every time I, because one round is three matches, three blinds. Are we talking about the ante? I'm, or are we... I'm, I'm speaking so in there are, layman, so maybe <laughs> there are eight. There are eight antis because I've made it to anti level six. Okay, I don't uh, know if I've and, gotten there. Maybe yeah. And each anti is like there are like up to. I, I'm guessing like you have to beat eight bosses to finish. Okay. I don't know what happens after. That. I haven't gotten to the like. I haven't finished a run yet. I'm actually really close. Like I and also what I preach about this game that all roguelikes should do is that you can leave mid run and not start over you can just yes. save and quit <laughs> so i'm at the end of a run right now yeah. um <laughs> but yeah there's also um you know in that in that mid game shop uh you can buy things like um uh new vouchers that like permanently alter your run um you can buy you can level up your cards so you can make some cards foil or holographic and that changes the amount of chips that it gives you or the multiplier that's attached to it or maybe some other interesting property um you know you can you can chain you can swap cards as suits uh so like you can start to like it starts as like a 52 card deck but you are slowly like you can add to your decks you yeah. know it's pretty I much a like a deck card deck it's like a deck builder, deck builder in that yeah. Way. yeah 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 like you're literally opening packs and be like oh i got this like like right now i got this sick ass eight of clubs it's like the most random thing it's like the super holographic and powerful eight of clubs <laughs> yeah and so you want to try to use that <laughs> but when it comes up playing card decks should start having holographic cards mixed in <laughs> yeah they should yeah just go full uh, tcg yeah and there are there are um different booster packs that you can get like mit during your run like they help with your run they aren't like um there is like a card unlocking system like based on your progress like you unlock more cards. That's kind of like the rogue light mechanic that helps you is like, as you're playing, you can unlock new decks to play with and then new cards, new Joker cards, that kind of thing that come up during your runs. But, um, mid run, you can open booster packs, uh, to unlock tarot cards, which like, um, are traditionally used for like, uh, improving and upgrading your cards themselves. Uh, then there are planet cards, which um which upgrade your like your moves essentially so like if i play a two pair i can get i can upgrade my two pair so whenever i play a two pair it's level two and i get an additional modifier and chips and i could like let's say i i find myself playing 
uh, pairs a lot. And I can just like, I've had that level up like level six. So like me getting me just laying down two cards that are the same suit gets me was getting me so many more points than like even getting like a real flush because I had just like maxed out that, you know, I, I really put all my points into that kind of card. But yeah. then I got later, I don't remember exactly which one it was. I got to a boss that was like that pretty much rendered that upgrade useless. And so, right. and, and my run ended there. Um, yeah. The bosses be- have like weird debil- debilitating if they were like, Oh, every oh. turn you're going to lose two random cards from your hand. You know which like one that. I hate? <laughs> There's one boss. I haven't figured out how to beat it. Uh, and they're all in randomized order. But the cool thing yeah. about this game, sorry, there's a lot of cool stuff going on. You can copy the seed of your run and share it with a friend to see like if they oh, can beat Oh, that, that's cool. That I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I think I saw um, that, but I didn't know what that meant. Okay, that's good to know. Yeah. Okay. But one boss uh, was you have to beat the boss in one hand. Oh, um, I have not run into that. That sounds yeah, hard. <laughs> yeah. That sounds like you would have to get to the point. And what I love about this game and where it really starts to sing is like when you have a full roster of like jokers and you've got some planet cards set up to where when you play like even like the crappiest hand, so many multipliers and numbers are just going off at once because you fulfill like all these various conditions. Eventually the numbers start like becoming like on fire yeah like it's yeah. the satisfying like like nba jam like style like you're on fire right now because <laughs> you have so many jam. points going up because you played that sick eight of clubs with those three kings and it turns out you had a a joker card that was like hey you know if you play face cards here's some more points and oh you played even number cards too or here's some more points and oh yeah. you you play this many your hand size is this exact size okay well here's some more points and then the fire starts and you're just like I'm in the zone. I'm not <laughs> in it. <laughs> this is amazing. <laughs> yeah. For reference, like you start off the game like, uh, oh, I got I got 100 points for that hand. I, by the end of a recent run, was getting 12,000 chips per hand that I played. Yeah, it, it is. It was ridiculous. It, like you mentioned before, it is very Vampire Survivors-like in that ramp up of like you get basic points, but then like a few runs you're like, this it's absurd how much I'm scoring right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, it's really good. I really like this. Just game what I need. Another game to just take up so much of my time. I mean, at least yeah, like, right. it, you know, it's going to be good for flights. I'm assuming like that. Yeah, oh yeah. It runs great on Steam Deck too. And it's on Switch. I'm going to buy the Switch right. version. Yeah, I'm playing it on yeah. Switch. I'm just excited yeah. to finally learn poker hands. I, I've never, I, know. I can never That's, get yes. that. Like I, my wife is, my wife enjoys poker. So in that, like that red dead moment, I was like, honey, can you just take care of this for me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, 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 you not, I was going I to, more. I was running an errand this morning. I was like, I should get a poker night going with some friends. <laughs> <laughs> but but you then gotta... I realized I like Balatro, not, you know. <laughs> Well, you can all get can together and replicate? just play Balatro. Yeah, like, uh, yeah. Know, yeah, like replicate Balatro in real life somehow. Like, you got to make real life tarot cards and planet cards and stuff and yeah. have a fire. But I mean, the other thing I don't even mention is that since you're not playing with someone else, you also don't have to worry about the stress of like keeping a poker face and trying to pretend that you know what you're doing, basically. Because <laughs> you're, not, you're just playing. Oh, I, I've been playing with my webcam on just to like facilitate <laughs> that feeling. But yeah, honestly, I would. Because, like, now that I'm learning poker and stuff, and it's funny because I'm still trying to separate, like, is this actual poker mechanics or is this, like, Balotro, like, BS? I don't know yet. But, like, I'm, 
I'm almost like, man, if they did like a multiplayer update where you could play this competitively with someone. Almost like a, t- a Tetris <laughs> multiplayer, like where you're. Yeah. Like, yeah. I was like, I think I might be down for that. Maybe this is the poker I actually want to sit around a table with someone with. Well, if you nice, do try yeah. to learn how to play real life poker because you're inspired by this, uh, learn from my mistake and do not try to light your cards on fire. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's what? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what? if you have you to said that the cards go on fire. Not to do that. <laughs> yeah, oh uh, okay that's that's pretty good it was a brian. dumb joke don't don't just <laughs> yeah that that actually it's our fault brian because we didn't tell you the cards themselves aren't fire it's the time it's the the meter it's, it's the meter that's on fire that's our bad brian All right, i'm sure you'll um, cut that joke uh, out in post though. yeah we really set you for up sure for failure there. yeah yeah right writing the note right now for for matt <laughs> my hands are on the keyboard <laughs> typing it out but yeah i i will say like like i said i'm I'm reviewing the game, so you know, keep an eye out for that in the coming days. But I already can tell, like this, this has serious potential to be my favorite game of the year so far. Wow! Oh, wow. Like Jeez, it's been crazy. very hard to I was, pull myself away from it. I was thinking about saying that, but I wasn't going to say it. We'll see. But yeah. I was just like, yeah. I love playing it. Like I, it, it has that one more round like hook in me because again, they're all quick. And then even when you lose, you're like. You know, every round feels fresh. You get a brand new hand, brand new, like randomized packs and stuff to choose from. And just the, also having that database, like having that checklist of like, oh, I want to see if I can get the, discover these new cards that I haven't found yet and mess around with combinations. Like it's it's really good. It is a horrible, horrible threat to my productivity as well. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I did. It's, it's very good. I, I did see like when PR sent through like kind of the like the pitch to like, Hey, you can request a review code and we'll like, they sometimes indie developers will like put like, here's how long it takes to beat the game. And here's how long, like we think you'll need to like review it just so that way, like, cause they know that like, we're all very stressed for bandwidth. So for this one, the PR person put like, it takes like five to 10 hours to get a, get a sense of like how much time you'll like, or like what you'll need to say for your review but you'll probably want to put in about a hundred hours or something like that. And I was like, okay, well maybe that's a little yeah. like, overly you see those ambitious. kind of things. You're like, all right, we'll see. Yeah. yeah. You know? <laughs> but it, sounds like, it sounds like they were spot on. Like yeah, I, maybe. I mean, I put so much time into the steam demo uh, alone. And now that I've got the full game, I'm like, Oh man, this is it. <laughs> and now that everything's unlocked in here, this is, this is it. Well, now this I'm almost year, afraid to start it up. <laughs> yeah. Runs great on Steam Deck. Um, I do want to say that. Uh, yeah, yeah. We should Good. do a feature later in the year when we're all like poker experts. We should try to pay uh, like competitive poker, like for real. Let's see if those skills translate. But only having never played <laughs> exactly, well, let's yeah. go to like Vegas and try to see if yeah. we can. I lost my team. life savings <laughs> thinking I could play poker in Vegas off Balatro alone. <laughs> Balatro yeah, ruined my life. I'd fuck that. <laughs> and if listeners are trying to look this game up and want to know how to spell it. It's B A L A T R O. See, I've been saying Balach- uh, Balatro. Are we saying Balatro? Am I adding like a, a necessary like space? It's or? Balatro. 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 B A L A. Right. B A L A T R O. Okay. Cool. Balatro. It's out now. But I've been saying Balatro. I don't know why I put the emphasis. Yeah, on like it. you're saying the Bellagio. Almost. Yeah, yeah, Bellagio. Yeah. That's it. I- I've got Vegas on the brain. Um, well, I've been playing, I'm sorry, this is going to be the Alex Van Aken power hour. So well, can, if you're can, one of my enemies, just, I'm sorry. Can we, 
Can we talk about the Erd Tree trailer before we get into more hands? Yes, stuff? yes, I really, please. That's on the <laughs> list. Like, I had this moment this morning where I was like, we're, we're covering, there's a bunch of Nintendo news, and I was like, oh yeah, I'll check, I'll get that trailer too. And I watched that trailer, and I was just like, oh, right, I forgot. I freaking love Elden Ring. And it was like so many moments of like Jack Skellington in like Christmas Town, where I'm like, what's that? What's this? What's this? Yeah. What is that? Yep. That, that, that thing's head is spinning. Is that a bear's head as a weapon? <laughs> I saw like, that too. Oh my god, it's pretty cool. I think that's got to be a spell, right? I know. I've never. I like. I like horror video games, but they don't really like scare me in the traditional sense. Like I've never watched a game trailer for a horror game and been like scared in the way that watching this made me scared. Where I was like, oh, this is gonna be stressful. Like I am. I am watching this with dread. That like I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna see that crazy spinning yeah bear or lion it looks like a lion head that like spins yeah. around and it's like that thing's gonna kill me so much <laughs> like it's just yeah that be thing insane. I mean I'm just trying to like prep of like I gotta get good at the game again because it's been so long since I've last played it and it's like I'm hoping this moment I touch the controller and swing a sword it all just comes flooding back because sure I right. put like 200 hours into that thing. Um, but yeah, it's the same dread of like, man, I, I don't have my finesse that I had. Like I was so good at the end of this game. (laughs) So, yeah, but I, yeah, I think also like the tease of like the first shot of this trailer is looking at the arm of Mikola, um, of the Halleck tree, like the, uh, millennia's brother. Yes. uh, Yeah. Who was, who was like trapped by. The other guy that starts with an M. Oh, I I, I put the word in my story. Mick something. Is it uh... McCormick? No, <laughs> Mc, McDonald's. <laughs> That's Mc, what it is. Yeah, okay. McNuggets. Um, yeah, Michaela. Right. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. but oh, yeah. but the yeah. bad guy, the the evil bad guy, uh, that traps him. I don't remember his name. Yeah, yeah but there's a lot of there's a lot of characters that start with M. A lot of them have red hair because they are descendants of. The the dad uh R- Marika America I don't dude there's so many names in this <laughs> so uh, many names <laughs> yeah it's, but it's but America. it's Melania's brother because Melania's title is Melania Blade of Mikola right and right. the thought was like the the theory is that like her brother was kidnapped and and yeah. siphon drained he's as all you can see is his arm in the in, hanging out of this like shell yeah. And it's just like decrepit. It was like, yeah, it was like one of, I mean, that game is chock full of a million mysteries that I did not dig into, but that was one of the standout ones of people are like, who is this person and why is it there? Cause it's just like this really creepy thing that you come across optionally. Like it's a total yeah. optional boss. And that's what the trailer sort of led with. And there's like a character named, uh, was it Mesmer the Impaler seems to be like the sort of the ultimate boss of the DLC. Yeah. Cause that's like, they're even doing, yeah. it's weird. They're doing a collector's edition for DLC. But you do need the base game. It is not a separate standalone DLC. You need hmm. the base game, okay. but they're and it's forty bucks, and they're selling a collector's edition, and it comes with a Mesmer the Impaler statue, which is like, I mean, I get it. It's Elden Ring, like it's huge. Yeah, I, people I are understand. gonna spend money on that. Yeah, but it is surprising to the point where I was like, oh, is this standalone? Is, is are, are we looking at like a Miles Morales situation here? But no, it it's it's not. It it is it is an extension of Elden Ring, which is cool and overall surprising. It looks huge. It looks like there's like, I mean, like it's just a montage of like new bosses and weapons and moves. You have like angel wings and stuff. Now it looks wild. Well, how long ago was this announced? It's been at least a year, right? 
It's been more than that, I think. Right? I think it was so, yeah. February Half, of last year, right? Or so, yeah, when did this game come out? This came out in 2022, right? 2022. Yeah. Oh, I think it was. I don't know. Was that a Game uh, Awards 2022? 2023. Thing? No, it was yeah, a random tweet. February. It was February 28th. Yeah, they just put out a tweet that was like. So, yeah. About a year ago, it was announced, and we have yeah. gotten very few details until this yeah. trailer. It feels like it was. Maybe that's why it feels longer than it ha- actually has been. <laughs> We've got <laughs> no details. We got that tweet, and that was it. Other than like. Yeah. Like earnings reports where they're like, yeah, it's coming. But like, as far as this, this trailer was the first hoorah for it. And um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I can't wait to I, watch uh, what's his faces. The YouTube guy that does the amazing lore breakdown videos of this trailer. I'm blanking on his name, but is that the name of his body vids, body vids, body, uh, body. Oh, yes, yep, yeah. Yep. I'm sure he's gonna have like a four hour video on this three minute trailer up later. Today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I was trying to remember who kidnapped Mikola. It's Mog, Lord of Blood. That's oh, yeah. It was. It's one of the bosses. Of course, yeah. You should have just hopped yeah, right through it. You should have just been like, <laughs> just like start with an M. <laughs> and you're probably good. Yeah. I knew it's it started with an M. I never noticed that. As someone with an M name, I don't think I noticed that so many Elden Ring like main characters had M names. It's, it's just oh, yeah. now dawning on me like, huh, I guess that was a thing. Maybe I'm in this game somewhere. Um, <laughs> one thing I do want to know that I, the trailer isn't addressed is like, does this take place after you beat the game? Like, will it address your specific ending? Because it, it in looked my, like it looked like it maybe. I don't know. Because I'm I'm a married man now in Elden Ring. <laughs> so I would like to, to see what that life is like for me. You know, I would. Yeah. Disappointingly, perhaps predict that it it sort of takes place right before you make that decision you know what i mean probably um which is fine but it would have been nice to get to go you know beyond the sort of story i mean i i I mean admittedly like the story is actually not the my the big hook for me for elden ring because i found it sort of opaque and hard to understand i was i was mostly Yeah. <laughs> yes. I was like, that's the that's me with every from game. Like the right, story yes. is the thing I care the absolute least about. I do not have time to sit down with my like magnifying glass trying to figure out what this means. Like yeah. what is this vague thing mean? I just I'm in it for the world and the combat. It's all and vibes, stuff and the, right? and then it's when people like... talk to me, I just nod my head like, yeah, sure, I guess. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. And do you have a better sword for me or not? I mean, I, what what are we doing here? <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean it it but it just was for me, I mean maybe I'm talking too much, but like the trailer was very much just a reminder of like, oh yeah, this is like a weird creepy place that I miss. And I'm like excited yeah. to have an excuse to go back. Yeah, I mean, Absolutely. I wrote I wrote a whole feature when I beat Elden Ring about how I had post Elden Ring depression yeah. <laughs> because of how much I love that game. I was like, it was so hard to move on from it. Of like, nothing will ever make me this happy <laughs> ever again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm stoked. It's coming in June, right? Yeah, June twenty first. Twenty first. Yeah, man. Yeah. E3 time. Brian, I'm, or, be wait, I'm sorry, day, not E3 way. time. Uh, Feel a cold coming yeah. on. Yeah, <laughs> you work at it. You yeah. could just tell Brian you want to review it. Wes. Yeah, like, I, mean, I don't think you have to like. <laughs> I don't know. Just, I don't know if I. <laughs> I have reviewed Souls games, but reviewing an Elden Ring, that said, I have to. I have to dig deep into my my soul and determine if I'm ready to, for that. That sounds like Dark Soul. It's a tough I task. D- Dark Souls DLC is often like the ultimate challenge. Yeah, uh, which is why I really haven't played any of them. Like this one, I do want to play, but I am scared of that. It's just like you loved Elden oh, Ring. Now here we're gonna just make it brutally difficult. And I was like, uh, I mean, I just want 
I just want to hang out here more. I don't, Especially because like, you know, Melania is the already the hardest boss I think Crumbs ever made. And I think Miyazaki's already said in interviews that are going out today that like there are bosses as hard as Melania, if not harder. So Ugh, I do think okay. this will keep up the tradition of just being so brutal. And like, what do you, I don't even know. Relentless. Reviewing Souls it, games is so tough. Cause like, if you're stuck, you're just stuck. Like there's no, there's no guide for cheesing. There's no, uh, I mean, I guess you could get help maybe cause there's other people playing the game, but like you really just have to figure it out. And that's Look, brutal. Guys, we, we, we know someone that works at Bandai Namco. That's good at these games <laughs> that we can <laughs> tap guys. We have, we have a lifeline. Mm. I'm just saying we do have, we have the sources. We uh. can, we can, we can evoke his name. Bandai Namco <laughs> doesn't so- own the IP anymore uh, from software gained full independence of the IPE for the trademark oh, yeah. right. like yeah. a week ago oh. or something. I mean, I'm sure Bandai oh, okay. still, yeah, Bandai still handling marketing it. and publishing, but uh, Elden Ring two might be its own little like indie game. Independent. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> indie game. <laughs> indie <laughs> game of the year. Elden Ring two. Thanks Jeff Keighley. I think, I think the creepiest uh, character in that trailer that they showed off was the, uh, the lion, the undead looking lion with yes. the man's feet. And he just got like these dead, beady, glowing eyes. It looks terrifying. His introduction, his mouth's open and he like, I think his foot or something like clicks his jaw into place. And then it like, so sick. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to your point earlier, Kyle, like these games, I've always argued like these games are sometimes scarier than even like dedicated horror games. Like something about From Software's monster design is like genuinely unsettling a lot of the times where like it's a combination of like that's the coolest thing ever but then most of the other times you just see something you're like what what is that like what am i even <laughs> yeah. looking at like what <laughs> i don't like it <laughs> like i need yeah to it's like kill this thing and just unnatural weird eyeballs and stuff like i yeah. used to hate those weird reptiles with the big old eyes that turn you to stone Oh yeah, I used yeah. to hate looking at those guys. <laughs> Just imagine the spells, oh. the smells of the lands between. Like it's <laughs> oh, like, what is it? What do you think Elden Ring smells like? <laughs> uh, I, I, it probably it probably smells like the other lands between. If you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> hey yo, yeah. Can I ask a uh, real quick? I, we talked. Maybe this this not to shame anyone here that played Elden Ring, but we all we all beat Millennia, right? Of course. How to get the platinum? I certainly hung out in a in the area while someone else helped me out with it. I got that platinum, but uh, no, I did not do Millennia on my own. I did you summon what's that. his name? Let let me save. Let no, me I did save her. Whatever I, it is, let me solo. Uh, yeah, let, let me, me solo. Her. Yeah, I wish. Yeah, no, I had to help. I'm not. A That's who we got to get for the so. review. If you get stuck, you got to hit him up. <laughs> like, did you get a copy? Can you come in here? <laughs> we'll get your code. <laughs> Uh, I can't wait to play that. Yeah. Looks great. Yeah, so psyched. I'm happy for you guys. <laughs> it's a great game. <laughs> I genuinely just bounce off from software games like uh, two magnets that are the same polarization. Like I try and like force it every single time one comes out. Elden Ring and Bloodborne are the two that I've gotten the closest. Like I've put like somewhere between 10 and 15 hours in both of them. And then eventually I was just like, I'm just so stressed playing this game. Why I'm not having fun. Like, I just want to go play something else. Yeah, that's but very, this is the that, one there's Brian. This, this DLC I, every the single one. time a from software <laughs> game comes out. I'm like, maybe this is the one. And then every single time I'm told, Oh wait, no, it's not because there is no one for me. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's, that's me in persona games. <laughs> I appreciate it. I, I think that it's, it's, it's great for people who love it. And I'm happy for everybody who, 
played Elden Ring and enjoyed it and uh, is excited for this game or this DLC. You're looking at four of them. Well, I recently traveled to New York City. Mm. New York City. Oh, I thought we were all supposed to. <laughs> that is <laughs> such an It would have been funny if we all unprompted said about. that. <laughs> hey, pace salsa. That, that's the reason <laughs> that is important to this podcast. Is I was out there playing Princess Peach Showtime uh, at a preview event. Um, so I now know what that game is. Yeah. How is she, by Other, the way? I know uh, she's you, great. You, you met her. She's she good. Got I, a lot I of, met her. Yeah. Even more. She, I mean, she was. She was. She was hanging out with a lot of people not just me you know um but she liked you the most i don't know i don't know i think she might have had a better connection with somebody else this is because this is your one-on-one interview bachelor style alex (laughs) i told her i hadn't i didn't watch the mario movie yet and she didn't like that oh yeah that's a problem i didn't know the peaches lyrics to peaches (laughs) oh okay they're pretty complex yeah yeah i've heard They call the peaches the the Elden Ring of songs. Oh, definitely. It's a lot to keep up. It's with. a real Bohemian Rhapsody, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um so Princess Peach, uh I played about an hour of it. Um Do you guys have any questions before I just dive in? Yeah, uh, what is this game? St- okay, that's a good one. Is it uh, a structure? Is it like, yeah. Structure, structure specifically. Okay. I'm curious what the structure is. Uh did you have fun? Yes. What? Yes to the question, or yes to the... <laughs> you're acknowledging my question. <laughs> I did have fun. Okay, Wesley, do you have a question? Is it like a answer? distinctly children's game, or is it like Mario, where it works for all audiences? Well, I mean, all all you know, all Mario games are for how children. mature is Princess Peach Showtime? <laughs> I guess what I'm saying is like uh, how it's definitely a kids game. Yeah. Okay. But like how that I think adults will be able to enjoy. Okay, that answers that. Cool. To an extent. I don't know. I've yeah. played the. Is this is it true, less true. problematic than uh, Super Princess Peach? I have not played Super Princess Peach, and I can't speak to the problems okay. of that game. <laughs> Basically, her superpower in that is she gets emotional. <laughs> Ooh. Uh, it's better. It's better. Than okay, that. good. Um, <laughs> Princess Peach structure is probably the best way to start talking about this. I know you were interested in that, Kyle. Yeah. So Princess Peach is going out for a night on the town. With some uh, some toads, I believe, at the start of this game, and they're going to, to a playhouse to see some plays. But when she gets there, uh, the playhouse is taken over by a group of evil villains uh, led by Grape and Grape's Grape's uh, terrible troop is called the Sour Bunch. So Grape and the Sour Bunch, I like it, are the villains of this game. Oh, so they. They have sour grapes about this performance. Yes, yes. And Sorry. and um, you threw me off, Marcus. That was such a bad joke. Um, that's Dave. That's literally them. Yeah, that's them. That's, the that's, the yeah. that's true. Um, and you essentially they have they have taken over the spotlight and they have replaced all of the actors that are supposed to be working actors in these plays. Uh, with their own selfish actors um, and everything's everything's messed up and peach has to help uh, the theater get back on script that's like the, the pitch for the game um, so you start off my demo started off in the first floor of the sparkle theater which is the theater in the mushroom kingdom and there were four doors for me to go through and above each door is an icon 
associated with the transformation that Peach is going to use inside. And if you've paid attention to the marketing of this game, you'll know it's like Cowboy Princess Peach, uh, Patisserie Princess Peach, um, you know, Mermaid Princess Peach, Detective. The, so there's all of these archetypes that she is a wide range because some of them are like a wide you're a superhero range. punching enemies or like you're a kung fu master. Other ones are she can bake a cake, <laughs> <laughs> which was one of my favorites, okay. by the way. So, yeah, I, that was actually the first one I did, um, the, the baking level. And so you enter through one of these doors and then it loads the level. And when you're in that lobby, it's it's um, it's like full 3D space. You know, you're running around. But then the camera, once you enter the stage, is locked to 2D. But you are still controlling Peach in a third in a 3D space. Um, so it's like side scrolling, but but 3d side scrolling 3d okay. Yeah. okay is it kind of yeah. like um cause the, i keep comparing these two games so it seems somewhere but remember puppeteer from like 2013 oh, that oh playstation God. 3 game that was like i never played it i know what you're talking play. about yeah yeah, yeah I remember that. Um, knowing cool. is it like could... knowing how it goes with us like if we had charles on this podcast you'd be like oh i wasn't born yet <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> um and so for instance the baking one Peach arrives on the stage and and all of the the baking, all the pastries and stuff have been stolen. And there's these little guys that are they're the residents of the theater and they they're res they live there, they work there, they're the actors, they're the crew. They're called Theets, T-H-E-E-T-S. Feet. And they are little dudes with big noses, and like they look very cartoony and and cute. And oftentimes they are very scared and meek when you encounter them and peach has to like inspire them. I E press the action button one time on them and they'll transform into whatever they're supposed to be. Um, And yeah, peach has like this magical, she has this guardian with her named Stella who is a, a bow. She's got like, she's like an animated bow slash sparkle star thing. Anyway, she gives Peach this this magical piece of cloth that for her hair, and that allows Peach to, you know, kind of spin around, almost like color guard, um, like spinning okay. around, yeah. like oh, it's like the Sailor Moon of... transformation. Yes, that is the great, great, great way to phrase that. Um, and so she's using that ability on herself in certain areas. Usually at the end of the level, she gets like a scripted opportunity to transform. But up until that point, it's just Peach and she has like this this piece of cloth that she's using to interact with the environment and transform the feats into, in this case, she transforms them into like sous chefs. And they're like, okay, Peach, we need to get this throw back on track. We need you to go to another stage, uh, like the next set and go, go to the farming set and uh, get us the crops we need to make these cakes. So you go and do that and... Uh, it's very, very, um, the set dressing is very whimsical and fun. And it definitely feels like you're exploring like a theater behind the curtains, you know, uh, they really, really nail the theme, I think. And, but like a lot of this early stuff is typically pretty one note. It's like, okay, I'm going to go to this place. I'm going to press my action button and Peach is going to transform an object. Uh, and, and sometimes there's a little bit of a puzzle element. You've got to figure out like. Oh, what part of the, actually that's not even true because there's a spotlight showing you 
what thing you need to interact with in the world. Again, a game that is meant for kids that adults can enjoy. And so you go to the, the farming area, you, you repeatedly tap the action button and she kind of grows the crops up into like wheat. And then she harvests the wheat and takes it back to the kitchen. Uh, oh no, the, the baker's missing. Right. And so now this is where the game gets fun. In my opinion, uh, you sound so short. And yourself. It's, <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is where the game gets gets fun. Wait, 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 wait. I'm sorry. Uh, you uh-huh. could have said that this is where the game really starts to cook. Ah, oh. dang it! You're right. <laughs> You're right. Uh, and so this begins like a series of mini games. Um, uh, and it reminds me of like Mario Party, uh, but like the good parts of Mario Party, um, like the fun games. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think so. I think oh. so. Uh, and so, for instance, like the first one in the baking area that you have to do, uh, you're you're like leavening the bread and like stirring in the yeast. Um, and so you have to repeatedly tap the action button, but you can overmix it. And if you overmix it, then, um, you know, you you ruin that dish and you're on a countdown timer and you're trying to get as many dishes made as possible. Get as many bread doughs ready to go as possible. Um, so that was fun. And you have to like, once you almost like overcook style, once you finish, uh, the dish, you have to carry it and put it on these carts that are rolling by, uh, in the back of the stage. Um, and then my favorite mini game that I played uh, as part of this, it's a cake decorating, decorating mini game where on the side of the screen is like a, if you ever watched like great, great British bake off, Yeah, you know how they do like their sketches of what they're trying to make first. Right. Um, like they're pa- on paper design. There's one of those like taped to a sign. And these are, there are like a rotating array of cakes that peach has to decorate with frosting and icing. And you have to like trace, you have to essentially match the paper design to like the design on the cake, but like you are on a timer. Right. And so that's where it feels like Mario party, but the good Mario party, mini games, like the, the, the digging ones, you know what I'm talking about? That's what it felt like. And if you nail it, then like the cake transforms into this beautiful display. Uh, and it's, it's a really satisfying mini game. Alex, please tell me they do the food network challenge thing of cake has like peach has to then move the cake to, across the room without <laughs> having it fall over. <laughs> Sadly. No. Oh, man. A lot of the other theaters that you play through are much more like action oriented than the cake one. For instance, uh, the cowboy one, um, you kind of you kind of go in and the main mechanic once Peach unlocks her cowboy outfit is you are lassoing barrels and and uh, lassoing enemies. And there are um, there's a, like a cool boss fight where he is, you know, shooting bullets at you and see so if dodge the bullets. And then there's going to be last there's going to be bucket like uh, barrels that pop up. You have to lasso the barrel and throw back at him. Um, and so it reminds me of like. Uh, Kirby and the Forgotten Lands bosses um, where it like suddenly turns into like an arena and there's like a very clear um, mechanic that you need to have nailed at that point to beat. Um, and, you know, there, there there's a lot of production value, I think, that goes into this game. Uh, the amount of like unique art assets is is pretty stunning because you're constantly moving from set to set. Uh, it's a lot of fun to see like what they're going to show you next. Um, uh, for instance, there's like a, a cowboy chase scene. That's, that's pretty fun where you're trying to catch the bad guy. And so you're like racing on horseback, dodging obstacles, 
it's a game of I feel like a lot of variety and not a ton of depth. If I'm being honest, interesting. Um, okay. I mean, it feels yeah. like like I guess to fit the the weird theater motif, like it's a literal variety show. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, like it's a two button game, right? You have got your jump and you've got your action button, your contextual based action button. So, are, are you worried you about know, it, it being too simple, or is it like? You know, you know what I mean, or is it maybe maybe that's what like Wes's question was getting at. Like maybe yeah, it is kind for of. like a younger audience, like to be like simplified is, to a fault. Like if you're comparing it to something like Super Mario Odyssey, right? This is way more simple. Okay, it definitely gotcha. feels more in line with. I mean, it's even more simple than like Kirby in the Forgotten Land. Um, a game that does get like, weirdly hard later. Like Kirby, yeah, yeah. it's like it really like kicks your ass at a certain point. You're like, oh, I didn't see this coming, but all right. <laughs> I'd I'd say this is probably the easiest Nintendo game I've played. Okay, you know, for the Switch, like I said, it's it's more fo- it seems more focused on novelty and variety than there are like there are some challenging like the challenge lies in like there's a lot of like time based collectibles like if you like during the chase sequence for instance with the cowboy stuff. Um, there are like sparkle gems that you can miss and like you might have to replay the level if you miss those. Um, the, the, like I said, that's, it's the, then there's like a stealth mission where you have to stealth past guard towers as a ninja and like wall run to like move fast enemies. And like, you're trying to take out a target. Like there's, there's a lot of like the fun of this game was seeing how they were going to transform peach. And like there was a moment in the stealth mission where like she jumps in the water and all of a sudden she's got like uh, a breathing tube, like uh, like a, a reed that mm-hmm. she's breathing through and like sneaking past people. But then if you go up to a wall, she throws up like a a like a uh, tile sheet, essentially, mm-hmm. that like matches the wall she's on. And she's like sneaking past guards. It's, it's a lot of like. The fun is in like seeing the whimsy played out. Okay, I got you. And I don't think this game is going to like blow people out of the water, but I do think it's like fun uh, and like pleasant. Um, I'm excited to see more of the transformations. There was a like there was a fun little um, I played as the uh, figure skater peach. Her boss fight culminates in like a figure skating competition where like you have to perform tricks based on um, like each button is tied to a different kind of figure skating trick. And there's like spotlights on the ground moving along the ice with the symbol for the trick. And so you have to go and, you know, perform these tricks on a timer. And then, then it gets more complicated when a boss comes in and has like mind controlled the other figure skaters. And you have to like be managing the figure skater competition while also trying to, uh unbrainwash these feats um it, it's it, it's an interesting game i again i it's definitely the most simplified that i can think of off the top of my head from nintendo's first party stuff have they have they said that all the costumes they've released so far like is that it or they're are they holding any back or is that like have they said like okay everything you've seen is like that's the full roster of uh I imagine they've got some secrets. Yeah, Nintendo can, usually does like, that where it's like they'll announce yeah. like I hope so. 80% of the stuff that's in the game in terms of like transformations yeah. and like 
there's probably like a final boss that's like this is like the craziest transformation in the game. Oh, that's yeah. what Mad do you think Max, that is? Mad Max Peach, just full apocalypse, like <laughs> yeah, spikes. I yeah, I was know. gonna ask, like, what do you predict? Like a costume that we haven't seen yet for her. Mortal Kombat Peach ripping spines out of people's bodies. <laughs> yeah. What already have Ninja Peach technically? <laughs> yeah, <that's true. laughs> she did not stick it over here though. Um, oh, well, she can't talk sometimes. No, she 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 talks. Does she She's speak like, like full sentences in this game? I mean, at one point she said, "Time she said I love baking." Okay, it's time to it's time to bake. That's a full sentence. She said something like that. That qualifies. Yeah. There's probably. I, I mean, bet there's yeah. like. J- secret agent right like a james bond suit kind Ooh. of thing you know i'm trying to think of like genres that they hamilton peach play. probably yeah. <laughs> yeah. maybe like a politician peach just a, <laughs> something tells me they're all like suits. <laughs> you have to do a, a political debate as peach yeah, yeah. yeah. i mean she yeah. technically is a politician already i guess because yeah. she's a princess yeah yeah i i uh Oh, did my camera freeze? I'm sorry. Hello, I'm back. Yes. There we go. Yeah, frozen peach. <laughs> yeah, frozen peach. Yeah. Zoom um, call peach. <laughs> yeah. Peach starts a podcast. Oh, I want to uh, hear podcast peach. Podcast yeah. peach. <laughs> so, like, I, I don't know. It, it definitely feels like it fits into Nintendo's current run of, like, action mascot games. It I, I In my preview, I kind of compared it like on the spectrum of like Mario Party mini games to like Kirby and the Forgotten Land kind of oscillates somewhere in there between like like that it's it's all about the variety again and it's like not very deep um I I want to play it I I'm I'm curious yeah. about it, it yeah. Looks, it yeah, looks yeah. Flashy, you know yeah, same. I think like I think yeah the production value is what you're going to really like from it that being said like it granted the game's not out yet but it like definitely doesn't run the best um, oh, like bummer. in menus and cinematics. Granted, you know, they've got well, like a month, but like there, there are definitely some bugs they need to iron out and that kind of thing. I think it's kind of clunky sometimes having the fixed 2D camera, but controlling a 3D character on a stage. It leads to like missed jumps and that kind of thing. Who's do you know who the developer is? Nintendo, like, which are which are I don't know which one. Studio. Yeah, I don't know which are I don't know which one. Yeah, um, I mean, because it's just it's surprising to hear you know performance issues and bugs if it's first party. I wonder if it's not first party. It is not listed developer. on Wikipedia as having a developer. Oh. It just as publisher Nintendo. They love to do that. No but, one's developed it. Yeah, they, they, they just came. One to of those. Me. They like one of the white label. Weird. White label studios. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> kind of. That's a, that's an interesting topic to dive into. What's the game called again? Yeah. The proper name? Princess Peach Showtime. Okay, cool. Exclamation point. There is an exclamation, exclamation point. We dropped that. Yeah. We Princess we Peach Showtime. We don't acknowledge that here at Game Informer. <laughs> yeah, I do like the, the hands when you say Showtime. Showtime. Yeah. <laughs> showtime. Okay, that's a pretty good peach. Oh, that wasn't me trying to be peach. Oh, was being, convincing me. That was just the excited version of me. <laughs> that was my transformation into an excitable Alex for a brief moment. Finally, a new transformation for Alex. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Will Finally. to live, Alex. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, every year I start off as as that, and then just slowly. Is, is that wait? Will to live, Alex. Is that transformation? Elden Ring, Marcus. Is that what that is? <laughs> I like that. Uh, well, speaking of Nintendo, we had a Nintendo Direct this week. I know you're going to be covering it to pieces. I'm sure over on all things Nintendo, Brian. But did you all have any highlights from from today's direct? Uh, well, I'm looking over 
Marcus's fantastic rundown of all the announcements that came out. Obviously, there were some that we pulled out as individual stories uh, as Alex goes dark. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, you know, we've got Grounded and Pentiment as the first two games of that Xbox run that uh, Phil Spencer promised. There are four Xbox exclusives coming to other platforms. The report is that it was Pentiment, Grounded, Hi-Fi Rush, and Sea of Thieves. This week, the Nintendo Direct said that it was Grounded and Pentiment coming to Switch. There was also a uh, a leaked video or an inadvertently published video by PlayStation that showed Hi-Fi Rush coming to PS5 in March. So uh, those are three of the the ones that were reported. So I would imagine Sea of Thieves is going to be coming somewhere else other than Xbox and PC in the near future. Um, looking at some other stuff, you know, there's a lot of like very quick hit things. Uh, you know, Monster Hunter Stories, the 3DS game, is coming to Switch in summer. Epic Mickey is getting a remaster sometime this year. <laughs> I, that's cool. It actually, actually sounds like a remake. Like I was reading oh. Nintendo's press release of it, and they, I think they even used the word remake, and just the scope of what they're doing to it, kind of leans it towards that but interesting i I don't know for sure that's good because in in the footage they said they used the word faithful and didn't really outline anything new or big changes so i was worried that it was just a straight port without any bells and whistles so according to marcus's write-up it says updated graphics new skills for mickey and other improvements great yeah i i have the case because i actually was at my brother's place the other day and he had this on wii and i was like Hey, can I borrow that? Because I kind of, I haven't really, I I played it when it came out, but I actually, I always, I always remember it fondly, uh, because of just Oswald the Lucky Lucky Rabbit's sort of role in the game. It's like it marks the Nintendo finally getting the chance to re- use that character again. So I'm, I'm like weirdly excited for that. I I was bizarrely in the mood to play it, and then it was announced. So I'll just wait to play the Switch yeah, version. <laughs> you will this into existence. Yeah, right. Interesting fun fact uh, of the Game Informer cover story that we do now, where it's like we go to a studio and we uh, like you know write a giant ten to fourteen page article on the game. The first one in that era was Epic Mickey, right? Yeah. Like oh. we had uh that's the first time we had like the beautiful cover art that we've started doing ever since. That that right. cover's uh, Epi- awesome. That's yeah, like Mickey was the one. first yeah. to do I, that. I remember getting wow. that. Yeah, way back in the day. Um I'm excited for this because I never finished Epic Mickey and a lot of the, one of my biggest problems with it was like it was cool and I love the world, but like I remember the camera in that game yeah. being kind of a nightmare. So it, I hope was, that's been it was rough. Yeah. Yeah, so I hope that's been fixed. And I also have a rework just the general controls. Like, you know, you use the Wiimote in the original as like your paintbrush and you just pointed at everything. And I guess maybe because the, the sequel was on like was multi-platform, right? I think the um, first one was too was. eventually. I think it did come to like PlayStation. Okay. I never I played the sequel. So maybe that problem's already been solved, that that transition to more traditional controls, I guess. So but it'll be nice to do that. I guess in the in the switch port, even though I did like the novelty of you know having a Wiimote, but like yeah, I'm painting, ah, fling and playing at the screen. Look at me. Uh, oh yeah, by the way, Super did not come to other platforms. Sorry, it was just we <laughs> the sequel oh, yeah, did, okay. but not the original. Yeah, the so. sequel did. Yeah, you're right, right. I was wrong. I remember it was on PlayStation. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we also Star Wars Battlefront Collection. Yeah, classic collection. Star Wars Battlefront yeah. Classic Collection. So it's Battlefront One and Two, the old ones. And yeah. it's going to have new playable Remastered. characters and bonus maps. Kit Fisto made it, man. He's he's back. <laughs> he's Finally. back in, in his old 
glory, I guess. Can't really say new glory, but old glory. Um, is also Aspire making that? Is that why we're not getting that Nice of the Old Republic remake anymore? Because <laughs> they, they were also on that, too. And it's like, oh, is this what we're getting instead from them? But, oh, <laughs> who knows? So, who Alex? You wanted to shout out one? Oh, battle, battlefront. Oh. I think I interrupted Marcus. Oh, Marcus wanted to shout. Oh, out Oh, I was gonna call it. Uh, God, I gotta look it up because I, I keep forgetting what it's called. Uh, Ender Magno- Ender Magnolia Bloom in the Mist, which is a oh, yeah. cool. sequel question mark to Ender Lilies Quietest of the Night, which is oh, a game that I wow. reviewed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A couple years ago, and gave it a good score. I believe it gave it an eight point five. It's really cool, kind of like dark fantasy Metroidvania. Hmm. As good as Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. <laughs> <laughs> Don't. Yeah, if we want to use the I'm internet's logic, yes. <laughs> <That's good. laughs> um, but that game is really good, and I think it's kind of an underrated Metroidvania, like modern Metroidvania, uh, and a game I didn't expect really any sort of follow up to ever. So that that was a fun surprise for me personally. There was, I mean, speaking of surprises, Penny's Big Breakaway out today. Yeah. yeah. I was not expecting that. Uh, yeah, that was a double I'm take. very excited because I really want to play that game. Yeah, I did I did but not yeah, expect that to be a shadow dropped game. Like that no. was one that I didn't yeah. even know we didn't have a date for. <laughs> it was like one of those, like I just assumed we had a release date for yeah, that. March was, or something. Yeah. 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 It was, uh, is that the hi-fi rush of this year? potentially even though we already knew no about it, but, but yeah no, hi-fi <laughs> rush like came out of nowhere and then we were allowed to play it uh you know where this was we we've known about it and been excited for it we just weren't expecting to play it so soon I, so we've got a new super things. monkey ball game yeah super ah. monkey ball banana rumble 16 player that? online multiplayer a bunch of new mini games adventure mode with 200 levels that can play up to four players co-op if you want otherwise solo uh i like super monkey ball that's fun yeah, yeah. I know. Uh, it's been a long time since there's been a new one too, right? Yeah, it's been a lot of like weird... remakes and remasters and a lot stuff. Of ports, yeah. Um, World of Goo Two finally has a release date. It's a console yeah. exclusive on Switch, coming May twenty third. I have no idea about that game, but uh, I know people like it a lot. Uh, another another Crab's Treasure has a release date. I like. I've played that game. I like that game. Yeah, April twenty fifth. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to. I'm just scrolling through Marcus's thing. Oh, Pepper yeah. Grinder has a release date. Oh, what is it? Yeah. Thank God. Thank God. Yeah. I played March the uh, Steam demo and had a great time. I actually stopped myself after the second level because I was like, I know I'm going to play this. I don't want to spoil myself. I like. I got what I needed in terms of like, yep, this is as fun as it looked. I'm going to play this. I'm so I'm glad it's coming out sooner than later now. <laughs> Uh, I also I was there excited was to see those rare games come to Nintendo Switch Online, like uh, Killer Instinct on Super mm-hmm. Nintendo and Blast Corps. I have a lot of affection for Blast Corps. Um, I really, yeah. I, that's like one of those games that was like really tough when I was young, and I like didn't make a ton of progress on it. That I want would like to revisit as an adult and like probably be able to like rip through it and beat it no problem. Like I did Pilot Wing sixty four a couple of years ago. Like yeah. I could never get far in Pilot Wing sixty four when it came to Switch. I was like, oh, this is great. I like I ripped through this in a few hours. It's I awesome. love Pilot Wings. Yeah. There's yeah. there's no uh, the original Battle Toads is not coming to Switch, but Battle Toads in Battle Maniacs is on Switch. That's a, that was kind of a weird thing because ba- I know a lot of people were frustrated by Battle Toads on Nintendo or NES. But like, it seems like a weird omission if they're going to bring a Battletoads game over to, to yeah, Switch. A lot. But whatever, I'll take it. I I, I love RC Pro Am. Yeah, well, Nintendo's in the business of not breaking up friendships because that's what <laughs> Battletoads does. Yes. <laughs> well, lastly, there was that uh, cool uh, was puzzle game. Arranger. Um, Arranger, yeah, that, that was game cool. Looks cool. interesting. Where it looks like you're like top down, like 
world, like almost like a 2D Zelda world, right? Uh, but like you are moving on these tiles and everything moves when you yeah, move. Yeah, rows and columns. Yeah, it looks, it looks cool. Uh, yeah, it's, that. That's literally how I played uh, the uh, Cadence of Hyrule. The, yeah. Like I turned yeah. off the music things. I just yeah. played it a beat. But if you do that, it literally turns into that game where like you just have everything moves when you move. So it's just a big puzzle game. And I think it's better that way. <laughs> so I was like, oh, I'll play this. This is just that. Also want to shout out Contra Operation Galuga, which is a remake of the original NES Contra. Galuga? Galuga? G-A-L-U-G-A. Galaga? I don't I think that's another what franchise. In there? Yeah. Galuga. Um so yeah, we finally have March twelfth as the release date there, so that's coming up fast. Contra on NES was like one of the first video games I ever played, so I'm excited for that. That made you a tough person immediately. <laughs> <laughs> Got me ready for life. That game puts hair on your chest. <laughs> Well, cool. Well, I've got one more game to talk about, if you guys don't mind sitting here for a couple more minutes. Um, Man, I'm playing all the new games. I went through like a drought, I felt like, where everybody was playing new stuff and I wasn't. Now I'm the one who gets to talk. (laughs) Now you're the captain. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I've been playing, or I played at a recent preview event, Gigantic Rampage Edition. Uh, If if you, does anybody here know what gigantic is? I remember it. It's yeah. a I, think I played it once when it initially came down. I, I played it at an E3. I remember, and it, when okay. when they announced it, I actually Googled as as best as I could to try to see if I even ri- if I'd written about it because I played mm-hmm. a couple rounds, but I I I couldn't find anything, so I guess I never wrote yeah. about it. But uh, it was unlike you, Alex, which I'm excited to hear you talk about it because I know you like it. It was never one that like grabbed me. Um, I thought it looked That's cool. Fair. I liked the visuals of it, but it wasn't one I, I played extensively. Game Informer actually didn't review it uh, like super hot. They reviewed it like, I think it got like a 6.5 in Game Informer. Yeah, I think Suriel. I personally would have scored it higher. Um, I think Suriel is wrong. <laughs> and... Not the first time, not the last. Yeah. Uh, but that's the cool thing about reviews. They're just opinions. Um, Even the wrong they, ones. <laughs> they are subjective. Um, but Gigantic Rampage Edition, uh, the game, notably, the game was only out for a year in its 1.0 before it shut down. So it was originally released or originally announced, I believe, in 2014. Uh, and then it came to early access and Xbox game preview in 2016. That's when I started playing it. And like they had some betas leading up to that. And so actually like probably end of 2015, early 2016 is when I first started playing it. It released for in essentially open early access. And then it fully launched in 2017 and then shut down in 2018. Um, Short run. It is a, yeah, it is a MOBA hero shooter. Um, And as you can imagine back in 2017, uh, going up against Overwatch in this, 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 hit 1.0 i think the same year as battleborn didn't it am i wrong in that Ooh, was battleborn was 2017 that? i mean how I could mean, any battleborn game was, escape that i think shadow. battle yeah i think it was a year before i yeah. want to say 2016 i mean battleborn and overwatch it? 2 were head to head uh overwatch which, one. Oh yeah and yes overwatch oh yeah. One, yeah overwatch was yeah so yeah battleborn's 2016 okay the ultimate matchup this was to be fair playable then but um yeah just it just didn't find an audience originally which I was bummed about because I really liked the original iteration of this game. Uh, it used to be free to play in Rampage Edition. They are nixing the free to play for a 1999 
premium. And if you buy the game, you get access to all the skins, all that. But I love that. the way you progress. Awesome. Yeah, the way you progress <laughs> is kind of like just like old Halo multiplayer progression, where like I think like Halo Three, where like you would level up and you'd unlock new armor and that kind of thing. And like, but like if you just play the game, you get everything. And according to them, all updates will be free. They are no microtransactions at launch. And to be clear, they didn't say that there would be later. I'm just saying, like as a journalist. They could always add microtransactions, but right now they're saying there won't be. And uh, it comes with like two new heroes. So like bringing the roster up to like 24, 25, I think Uh, there's there's a good amount of of heroes. There's two new maps. Uh, One is like a pirate themed um, called Picaro Bay. And the other is called Heaven's Word, Heaven's Ward. And it's uh, like this cyber looking city district um and there's a there's a new mode of rush mode so you can kind of like play a quicker version of the game um there's cross play now uh they're really just trying to gearbox is now publishing it so it used to be uh i think it started off as indie then it got picked up by perfect world entertainment and then it shut down then now gearbox has the rights to publishing and is bringing it back in this premium edition. Wait, they brought this back, but didn't bring back Battleborn, their own yeah. house. <laughs> it's because <laughs> gigantic is is good. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, Shots. I contend that when Overwatch when Overwatch Two was flailing when it launched and everyone was upset with Overwatch Two, Gearbox should have been like, "Hey." Let's re-release Battleborn. Battle <laughs> Except everything in Gearbox's our... marketing arm was trying to distance itself from Overwatch back in 2016 when that I came. Know, like, but what would they have to lose today? The uh, money. Nothing. <laughs> it's like when Sony re-released <laughs> Morbius after it was like a a meme sensation and it <laughs> lost even more money. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Listen. Well, I mean, that's everyone was of... busy that day. They made it clear. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if it makes you feel that this is a weird tangent, but I saw Madam Web this past weekend. Oh, uh, I'm sorry, Marcus. I think Mobi- Morbius might have something to feel better about. <laughs> I've heard a lot of people saying that like they went back and rewatched Morbius after seeing Madam Web and were like, ah, maybe Morbius wasn't so bad after all. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, it's still bad. It's just less bad now. Just, yeah. Um, but like um to your point about bringing games back, that's my biggest kind of question about this decision cuz I feel like Gigantic came out at, during like the height of the MOBA craze, because there was like Battleborn, there was remember Paragon, oh that yeah, other one, the uh, Paragon I just stabbed in the back. <laughs> <laughs> Get out of here, Paragon! We're Fortnite now. <laughs> to be clear, this is it's a MOBA hero shooter hybrid. Well, and so was uh, what was it Battleborn yeah, too? Yeah. It was all these games that were either MOBAs or MOBA adjacent, like trying to throw their name in the hat and make themselves different in some way. But like now, that has at least from what I can tell, that's died down a lot, and everyone has kind of settled into either League or Dota as like the two MOBAs. And yeah, so it's like I don't. Well, I I think they think the market is less saturated now. I mean that's true, but then also. Do people care? And that's why it's less saturated. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Everyone's like, well, if I want to play this, I'll play the I... two big boys, you know? So I'm wondering how much will this do better because it doesn't have as much competition, or will it still do bad because people are like into battle royales and others like MOBAs aren't hot the way they used to be, you know? I don't know. I, yeah. I'm rooting for it. Like, honestly, like, I, I, I'm to be 
perfectly honest, it's not one that I will play. I just I don't really play a lot of multiplayer games. I don't see Gigantic pulling me in. I could be wrong. Maybe I'll give it a shot and love it. But I'm like really rooting for it because I like I like a comeback story. I like the sort of new structure. I like the twenty dollar premium approach. Um, I like I really I'm I'm gonna watch it and and see what it does because I'm 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 hoping that it is a success. Just you know for for the for the developers, but also like what does this mean for other free to play games? You know, because I am all like I prefer a premium sort of approach to to games. I would rather buy a game once, even a multiplayer game once, and then the fun is unlocking the content within the game. Like that is so much more interesting to me than buying skins. I don't want to buy skins. I please don't make me buy skins uh so if gigantic finds its audience and this becomes like you know well liked i i could see it pushing other people to like look at their old libraries or or like maybe look at more of a premium model i'm 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 hopeful for it is there anything that you get if you played gigantic back in the day like if you have like an account like is it like oh you unlocked these skins so we'll just transfer those over to this new edition founder's Um, kite You get to enjoy a game that you can no longer play. <laughs> yeah, All right, fair enough. <laughs> yeah, um, dude. Like, if I had leftover currency, is that still in the bank <laughs> to use? Yeah, <laughs> I don't think so. Um, maybe they'll give you an emblem or something. I, I don't know. Uh, I had an, I only had limited time at my preview event, and I was focused on on playing it and seeing what was new and, and it holds uh, up so Alex, i didn't have a chance to ask right that. like after all these yeah years, i mean like it's fun to revisit. i i am very excited to play gigantic again i was nice. really sad when it went away uh i was like part i was like i think i was on like the gigantic reddit page back then <laughs> i was following like the fan accounts um i like the game uh i, I recognize it not for everybody and like it is a more simplified moba but i really enjoyed the characters and the look of it um, I'm excited to play my boy Charnock again. He's like a dragon mage. Um, okay. The, a lot of characters in this game have fun mobility. A lot of grappling hooks and super jumps and that kind of thing. Uh, there's one character that can burrow into the ground. Uh, and he comes up and like surprises me. He's like this tank dude. Um, but yeah, the, the main, the main, uh, gameplay loop is like the same as it was where like you are vying for points on a map, uh, like controlling like almost like dominations call of duty style control points. And the more you do the, you're like getting overall points and then whatever team gets to this threshold first, they can then take shots at the enemy team's guardian. which is like this big beast. And it's essentially like, if you played a, a MOBA, it's like the nexus. It's the, the home base that you have to destroy is this guardian. And the first team, if you played gambit, and uh destiny 2 it's a little bit like that where like first team to burn down the enemy big bad is is the winner um and it's a lot of fun you are like there are some new uh like if you don't want to deal with like picking your abilities mid-match like oh i want to go i'm gonna upgrade this ability i want to get i want to upgrade this ability there are new like automate automation paths that you can just like select your play style and it'll just automatically do it for you in the game you don't have to worry about that you can play it more like a hero shooter and less like a moba um by just automating those elements or if you want to like really customize your character and like you know really uh, carve out your own path you can do that too so alex was before this got announced was this like your number one game that just no longer exists that you wish would come back no that is lawbreakers oh wow <clears throat> What's everybody's yeah. what's does everybody have like a pick for like this game no longer exists? 
I would say Lawbreakers is maybe one of the reasons I have this job today because it was the reason I started doing video game videos. And like it was the vi- I did like a video essay when it came out, uh, breaking down like the history of Unreal and like Locomotion and Cliffy B's games. And like uh, that was like the video that like got the Cliffy B follow for me and got like following from a couple other devs and kind of just like uh, lit a fire under me. So shout out the Lawbreakers. Hey, I, I think it was underrated. I, I I think maybe that's a game now that the hero shooter market is a little less saturated. <laughs> you can bring it back <laughs> yeah. and be like, hey, everyone comes back and then they resaturate. And then they resaturate all the markets back. again. <laughs> what was, for me, what was the, the Lawbreakers follow up real quick? The, 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 the Radical Heights. Radical Heights. Oh, God. Oh, I forgot about I that got- game. Yeah, I got real. two wins in that game before it shut down, like a couple weeks later. God, what was I, the one that? What was the one that Ninja Theory had? That like Nar- multiplayer one. That's oh, still, you can the still Xbox exclusive that. one. Is that, I think. No, is that Naraka Blade Point? No, 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 no. no. Uh, God, God, I have the image in my head, but I cannot remember the name of it. I can also picture it in my head. It was it Bleeding Edge. Bleeding. That's Edge. right. Oh. So it's like I know I played it like. Maybe a I also played rounds. that. Is that still around? Uh, it says no. on January 28th, 2021, Ninja Theory ended development on Bleeding Edge. I don't know if it's offline, though. I, I think you okay. can still download it. I don't know if you can still play it, but it's on Game Pass still. <laughs> got a, gotta add a hot 6.75 some... from Game Informer. <laughs> Brian, that, I enjoyed that, that, that game. That I, think, <laughs> I think that was a, Maybe. I think that was a fair score, but I did enjoy that. It was yeah. a very enjoyable 6.75. Andrew Reiner. Andrew, I okay. reviewed that one. Um, for me, it would be Knockout City. I think that uh, one died way too early. Yeah. I love uh, that yeah, game. Yeah, Knockout City was awesome. Yeah, that game was fun. Yeah, yeah. I I kind of thought that would happen. Like even when I played it like pre-release, I was like, this is just seems so niche and specific that it just feels destined to be one of those games that doesn't last as long as we would like. But for the time that it was around, like they made a really cool thing. Hopefully, um, uh, hopefully, Foam Stars is not soon to join that because I enjoy Foam Stars, but it just does not seem. Like, it seems like Hell Divers is just annihilating anything else that's like a multiplayer game right now. Hey, hey, Brian, I forgot that name existed. <laughs> and, I, and now I'm like, oh yeah, I, I should download that and, and try that out. I haven't had a chance to play Foam Stars. Yeah, no, that that yeah. I don't know if you guys heard that game's official title is now Oh Yeah, comma Foam Stars. That's that's <laughs> what they call it. Oh yeah, Foam Stars. Well, it's That's called I Can't sign. Get Into Helldiver, so I'll play this instead. <laughs> By the way, uh, we do have a little bit of news that hit my inbox just now regarding those Xbox titles. We now know all four of them and when when and where they are coming out. Uh, we go. Pentiment coming to Switch, as we already knew, but also PS4 and PS5 on February 22nd, a.k.a. by the time you hear this episode. Hi-Fi Rush coming to PS5 on March 19th. Grounded, as we already knew, coming to Switch on April 16th, but also PS4 and PS5. And then Sea of Thieves coming to PlayStation 5 on April 30th. Okay, so the rumors were true. Yes, the exact report. uh, I think shout out The Verge for getting those titles uh, before they were announced. But yeah, that's when and where you'll be able to play those previously Xbox exclusive titles. Cool. I I was wondering, like, because after the announcement today on the Nintendo Showcase... Uh, the direct uh, like Obsidian, none of the Obsidian or Xbox accounts had tweeted about a Pentiment yet. I was like, why haven't they tweeted this? There must be like a bigger announcement. Yeah. Coming. And this is from yeah. Xbox PR. So if this mm. was probably their push. They're probably waiting for all the stuff to be cleared, which is also why I said that earlier there was a uh, video that inadvertently shared that 
Hi-Fi Rush was coming to PS5 in March, and then it was quickly taken down. Ooh, someone hit a button a little early. Yep. I'm excited, honestly, for all those, for, for Pentiment to get in front of more people. I really like that game. Like, I I love that game story. I still think about the story of that game, <clears throat> excuse me, every now and then. So I, I'm curious to see if, if it takes off elsewhere. And that's also a game that I remember playing at the time on Xbox, really wishing that it was on Switch because it just felt like a great sure. Switch game because yeah. it is a lot of, like, reading. And I was like, man, I, I just would like to lay down and just play this so it's a little late for me now also uh worth, that it's there worth <laughs> noting that all versions of grounded and sea of thieves have cross-platform play oh nice oh that's cool uh, so yeah, hi-fi so rush good. not switch right it does not appear to be it looks oh. like just ps5 which is counter to the rumor that we had for a while there yeah i mean i yeah it just feels that's another one that's like hard to define exactly why it feels like it would be good on switch but it feels like it would be good on switch but maybe it's more powerful under the hood than i'm giving it credit yeah. for. i mean it is a really good looking game that runs well so maybe switch. i mean it's not on xbox one is it i think it's only series x oh. and pc so maybe it I is like so. maybe it is something like maybe they couldn't get it to run at like a steady frame rate that you need for like an action rhythm I'm, game. Yeah, that would. That would I mean, the entire game. level dances to the beat. That's pretty. There's a lot going tech. on. Hey, yeah. I mean, they did that yeah. Mario Wonder. <laughs> <laughs> they did that. Did that <laughs> new Super Mario Brothers? <laughs> Marcus holding his tongue. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> also, shout out, shout out, Kingmakers, which is the medieval combat game where you play as a modern soldier with a gun oh and, and a truck. <laughs> that game looks absurd, and I can't wait to learn more. I just wanted to give that <laughs> army of darkness. Like, yeah, it reminds me of one of those fake game trailers that was in GTA Five yeah. <laughs> that you could watch. <laughs> I'm so excited. For Go that. watch that trailer if you have not seen that already. It's unbelievable, and the key art belongs in a museum. I believe is our own production director margaret andrews pointed out it is phenomenal (laughs) well that's going to do it for today's episode of the game informer show thank you everybody for listening if you enjoyed the episode be sure to share it with a friend don't forget you can go and pick up uh our apex legend issue over at gamestop.com slash game informer um and uh alex on that topic um we are giving away two gold issues of the apex legends cover can i have one and the special the special gold art is distinct from the standard subscriber art and the standard like print art that you can buy so that makes it even more special like we always love it like you can see marcus holding up the standard one go check out the gold art because it is gorgeous yeah yeah. Hey, Alex, you like how Brian just rushed past your question and just did? I know. I, <laughs> I want to say my new, my one of my main characters I play is the cover star yeah. on that gold issue. She's she's looking uh, mighty cool. But seriously though, uh, message message Matt Miller. But we're just what we want is um, like questions for the magazine. So send us your thoughts and everything. There's a story on the site. Uh, it's probably still on the front page. Actually, maybe not because there was so much news today. But um, send us some uh, uh, some messages for our replies section, and you'll be entered to to win uh, one of two Apex Legends gold issues. We sent off our gold rebirth issues a couple days ago, uh, so we're going to be be trying to do that uh, for every issue moving forward. I think. Yeah, and uh, like I said, the the art is amazing, and we're looking basically for like you know rants, questions, whatever you have about the games industry. And uh, maybe the new Borderlands movie you could ask about yeah, that. Absolutely. So there, the there's trailers a, out now. There's a form on GameInformer.com. You'll be able to find it. Uh, Kyle, I don't know what the exact headline is, but go to that yeah. story, submit a, a question or rant or whatever you have about the industry, 
And there's a chance we'll also print it in the in the next issue. So there's uh, added bonuses there in addition to being entered to win one of two Apex Legends Game Informer Gold issues. Yeah. Uh, be sure to follow the crew here on social media. You can follow Marcus at Marcus Stewart 7 Follow Kyle at Kyle M. Hilliard. Follow Wes at LeBlanc Wes. And follow Brian at Brian P. Shea. Lastly, you can follow me at It's Van Aiken. That's going to do it for the show this week. Gentlemen, thank you for joining me. And uh, we'll see you all next week. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.